previously on Film Code. Last week, everyone was able to crack Nick's code word. I went with um, a film by Rick Famuyiwa. I can't pronounce that. 2015's, yeah, 2015's Dope, uh, starring Shamik Moore and Kersey Clemens. Uh, that a crime takes place in that movie. <laughs> I had zero time to research, but the first thing that came to mind for me was actually dope. So <laughs> I'm going to go with dope. Dope was my uh, selection way before Phoenix even said it. I think so. The actor on the rise was Shamik Moore, and the movie was dope. So hey. clean sweep. Clean sweep. This is a movie that's been This time, it's Phoenix's turn with a brand new code word. K-I-N-G, King, is your code word. Uh, one of your clues is legends. Basically means that there are several legends in the movie. Legends in film and or comedy. Your movie is going to take place between 1975. Oh, Jesus. oh God. And 1986. And one more clue, this should help. It is an all black cast. And with a late change on the clue, Phoenix's code word will now take place between 1978 and 1988. Will anyone be able to crack Phoenix's code word? Plus a review of the 2011 movie Warrior and an in-depth discussion on the filmography of Scarlett Johansson. All that and more on this week's episode of Film Code. You are now Film Code. Start program. Run, Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 13th episode of Film Code. And this is gonna be a very exciting one. Uh, my name is Phoenix Cloudon. I am joined today by two awesome co-hosts. Uh, joining us uh, now with coffee is Mr. Jeremy Zink. Jeremy, how are you? I'm doing great. Good morning, everybody. My name is Jeremy Zink. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and I'm on Twitch at Zippy420Nikon. Uh, I'm also on Letterboxd. I haven't done any reviews yet because I got to <laughs> review Spaceballs. <laughs> All right. Good morning, everybody. Sweet. Thanks, Jeremy. J Thanks, Jeremy, for being here. Uh, and also joining us, freshly showered, uh, Brandon. What's going on, Brandon? Good morning, everybody. Um, we pushed our we pushed our recording time back an hour, so I'm like, all right, sweet. I can actually shower and eat before recording this morning. <laughs> but. It's good to be back on, uh, ready to talk some cinema with you guys, and uh, pass it back to you, Phoenix. Excellent, excellent. Cinema, indeed. So we got, uh, we got a loaded show today, uh, a lot to talk about. Uh, we want to kick off with uh, a movie that was sort of random. Uh, uh, so our other co-host, Nathan, he, he randomly called me up on, on Friday and was like, Hey, let's do a virtual watch party. I was like, uh, okay. He's like, what movie? He's like, we're gonna do Warrior. I was like, oh, okay. I've never seen it. He's like, me either. So we ended up watching Warrior midway through. Jeremy calls in and he's like, yeah, I'll finish watching Warrior with you guys. And by the end of it, we were like, 
yeah, that's the movie that we're going to review. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so, Warrior, 2011 movie, um, stars Tom Hardy, Nick Nolte, and Joel Edgerton. It is a sports drama directed by Gavin O'Connor, who is, I will say, pretty darn good at doing sports dramas. He also did The Way Back this year. Uh, so, yeah, Gavin O'Connor's not not bad. He's pretty good at, at, at this particular genre. But, uh, so, first, let's, let's kick off with first impressions. Brandon, you watched this last night. What were your first thoughts for, on Warrior? Uh, my first thoughts, I really enjoyed the story. Um, Nick Nolte, I can definitely hear Queel from his Mandalorian role. Uh, <laughs> so I'm like, I don't even bother looking at the cast. I'm like, that's Queel. And then, um, and then I saw Tom Hardy. I'm like, all right, awesome. This cat, this cast is pretty stacked. I'm gonna enjoy this film, and I did. Um, overall, enjoy the film. So, yeah, really liked this film. And Jeremy, you came, you came in like when we were already an hour in, so you rewatched it uh, last night as well. So now that you have the full context, what did you what did you think? Well, first, when I hear Nick Nolte, I think of the gorilla from uh, The Zookeeper with Kevin James. <laughs> Every time I heard his voice, that's exactly who I heard. I heard the gorilla, and I'm like, we're going to Applebee's for TGI Fridays. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, g- great storyline. Like, um, first half hour was a little dense to get through. But once you got past that, um, like, when Tom Hardy knocked the fuck out of Matt uh, Grimes, that was <laughs> insane. Like... Ooh, great fight scenes, good story. Um, kind of the ending kind of left you in the midst and hanging a little bit because you didn't know who's getting prize money. You didn't know <laughs> if my man was going to jail or the hospital. You didn't know if the father son's relationship was back together and we're going to Applebee's to celebrate or the Waffle House. <laughs> I mean, there were some questions to be answered at the end, but all in all, man, I, it was a really good movie, really good fight scenes. Um, I, I dug it. Yeah. Uh, since we, we're talking about impressions, uh, uh, little known fact, and I told this to Nathan when we were watching it, uh, Nick Nolte was actually uh, set to play the role of Han Solo in the original Star Wars I heard about movie. that. Yeah. So, like, yeah. like, when I see that, all I can think of is Nick Nolte, like, Chewbacca, what the hell, Chewbacca? Like, I'm like, that's all I think of. But like, I'm like, I'm sort of mad he didn't get the role. I think that would have been fantastic. He could have played an Ewok really nicely. Oh yeah, it would have been great. But uh, yeah, like you guys, man. Uh, I I came out of this like really impressed. I thought this was a fantastic film. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Like the first half hour drags a bit, but I think it's by the time you get to the end, it's ultimately satisfying because it's just it's a like everyone like obviously it's a fight movie, but like the fighting to me was was the second best part of this movie. Like the story was so damn good and the characters were so strong. And I to me like that, that whole family dynamic, I thought was the better was the best part of of this movie. Uh, like the scene of them two on the beach when they talk and he's like, you know, you know, I don't even, yeah, he's like, I don't know your family. I don't know you. Like, 
Like we we're not brothers. Like he basically was like, bro, we're not brothers. Like we haven't known each other since we were kids. Like <laughs> I'm like, that's that's that was just crazy good, really well done, really well shot. That was probably one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie. I think I think the best part of that scene was right when they met on the beach and the guy was like, I'm your brother. And he's like, Oh, did you serve in the Marine Corps? You're yeah. not my brother then. Uh, I'm yeah. like, oh shit. <laughs> yeah. That that one hurt. Like <laughs> that, that one hurt. Uh for me, uh Tom Hardy was sensational in this. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. Met like okay, I'm a big Tom Hardy fan. I love I love a lot of his movies. Uh, I I can't believe I just saw this, but I'm like, if you haven't seen this, and maybe like your only experience with Tom Hardy is Venom, which I'm like, oh wow, that, <laughs> that or Dark that, Knight Rises, right? Or Dark Knight Rises, and I'm like, in both cases, he's good. Uh, but he's not nearly as good as he is in this. I really liked um, the teachers. I, I can't remember his name. Brendan. Brendan. That's his name. Um, I really liked his story. Like I can, I can relate with him. Like let's just say you're at a job, you have a family, you don't have money to the money to work, for, like to support them. Like, like he turned to cage fighting. Like I can understand that. Like. Because the bank denied him loans, and the only way to get money is lie, either like one lying to his wife that he's working as a security guard, like a bouncer at a bar, and then work. And then, but he's like actually doing cage fights. So yeah, like I can I can see like I can relate with him. So that really stood out to me. Yeah, I like especially him being a teacher because uh, like my mom is a teacher, and like I could just imagine if I was in high school and I found out my teacher was a cage fighter, mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, bro, I'd, I'd lose it. Like, like yeah, we, we're written out the parking lot, we're bringing a big screen TV, we're definitely gonna watch that. Like, that's happening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like, he had no choice, I mean, like, I, I think the scene with the meeting the bank manager was very nice and, and realistic because, remember he was like, He's like, well, I see you uh, refinanced your mortgage like three times. And Brandon's like, yeah, because you freaking told me to. <laughs> You're the one that said that. He's like, oh, well, I suggested it. Like, Yeah, I'm like, no, nah, bro. I'm like, you're so full of shit. Yeah, that's such a such a piece of shit thing to do. Like, like, oh, really? You suggested it and didn't. Now, now, now I'm in trouble for it. Right, right, right. Uh, yeah, it's uh, such, a, such a shit move. About, uh, if you needed any reason to hate bankers, there it is right there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, Joel Edgerton, I thought, was a fantastic character. Uh, but as we were watching it, like when it got to the fights, man, he looked so like out of place. <laughs> like, it was like, it was one of those things where it was like, I could believe him as a fighter, especially as the, the way that they made him more of a technical fighter. I could totally believe that because I there's no way he's gonna stand up fist to fist with Tom Hardy. Like, oh, totally. like, well, like definitely a strategic fighter. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Because like when I watched their fight, sorry to jump ahead, but yeah. like when I watched their fight, Tom Hardy goes like instantly, bam, bam, bam. I'm like, <laughs> oh damn, this fight's gonna be over quick. And then he gets him to some lots. I'm like, okay, there's some defense here. Yeah. This might actually last a while. <laughs> it was uh and like 
when it comes to sports dramas, like especially when you're dealing with fighting and fight choreography, one of the one of the things that I think is done so well in this particular movie is the camera work during those those that that point in time. Because sometimes people they they do like a little shaky cam, so they're like they're trying to make you feel like you're in the ring with them and stuff. And really, what it does is like it cuts the action in half. So like you really can't you can't see the punches, you can't see when they connect, you can't really feel the impact of them. That's you really annoying. Saying? Yeah, it's super. Like annoying. I hate shaky cams. Yeah, like even yeah. when watching like WWE, like <laughs> like I get they're trying to show it, like show it that it's not fake. When they do cuts, like like somebody winds up a chair shot, and right before he hits them, they cut cameras. Right. But when somebody's getting like attacked, they shake the cameras. I'm like, can you not shake the camera, please? <laughs> I'd I'd rather not stand up dizzy. Right. Yeah. It's a weird thing that like I, I hope it's a dead tactic, honestly, because. Uh, what what they did here, it was so much better. It would stay on a shot until like either the person was down or until the other person was responding. Like it was a really smart tactic. So that way you get to see like, especially because with Tom Hardy beating up dudes in like two seconds, like <laughs> like you you saw every punch, every everything that's that stuck. And it just it just made it so much worse because I know when we were watching it, like every time he beat the crap out of somebody, it was like three dudes going like, "Damn!" <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like, oh man, it was just it was really brilliantly done on that aspect of the fight. Just the just the camera work. Got to praise uh, Gavin O'Connor for that. Uh, yeah. So the fights, I, we got to talk about the fights. Uh, real quick, beat the brakes off a of Mad Dog again. <laughs> that <laughs> I was about to say, which was your favorite fight? Like, bro, when Mad Dog's like, "That ain't happening again," I'm like, "All right, you just wait, give me a minute." <laughs> the best I, I though see- is when he just walks out the cage, like, right. no, "Oh my god, said, yeah, I- no announcements, nothing at all." He just, "I'm gonna beat you. You're out. Good. You're knocked out. I'll see y'all later." <laughs> he just walks off, like, "Yep, that's it." You know, like it's not, it's not even. I won't even call it a fight, but like. Um, Tom Hardy's character, his very first fight, like when he just enters the ring, I thought he was gonna get his ass handed to him, like in that training arena. Mm-hmm. And then he, he was like, he, the guy was talking smack, dude knocks him the fuck out <laughs> in like twenty seconds. I'm like, yo, what? Yeah, the best damn. Was like, you owe me two hundred dollars. You owe me two. Yeah, you owe me two hundred dollars. <laughs> I'm like, hey. And I, I like, I like the little Rocky reference there because, like, Mad yes. Dog, yeah, Mad Dog, like, he, he makes, like, he, I guess he's mocking him. He's, he's like, he where's Nick like at? Right, Is right. Nick not with you? Right. And then he literally follows that up with, hey, I can keep your boy warm for you. Like, I'm like, ooh, <laughs> ooh, that's such, that's, that, that was good. Like, <laughs> I dug that. And yeah, man, uh, my personal favorite, though, was any fight with Kurt Angle. Yes. Oh, yes. My God. Like, Koba, dude was freaking horrifying. Like, I'm like, like, I love Kurt, the Russian entrance music that he right. had, man. Oh my god! Like the reason I like it is like Kurt Angle is is very believable as a mixed martial artist because he like even if, if you saw him wrestle, you know like dude is legit dangerous. <laughs> but then like you put him in a mixed martial art environment and he just gets to play that character, and he's freaking freaking tremendous at it. Like that. 
that cold stare he gives motherfuckers before before a fight. See, he, he's he's big too. He was yeah, like he was scary big in the movie. <laughs> like I almost didn't recognize him because he was like because when I saw him he's kind of like frail a little bit. But in the movie he's big and buff, all hairy. I'm like, damn, that's Kurt Angle. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I think any any fight he had was was tremendous, and the one with uh, Joel Edgerton's character that uh, his name was Brendan, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Like that fight was tremendous, and like another thing that I do want to want to mention, and this is this is like a pet peeve of mine. Like if ever there's a fight movie or any sports movie, and they like, especially if it's, like, a pivotal match or pivotal game or something, and they do it in montage, oh, I fuck, like, why? I'm like, you didn't build this up. I really want to see it. And then oh, you when do it cuts it in, rounds? Yeah, when it goes like, you know what I'm saying? And I'm like, like, so, like, here I was happy, like, we got to see at least the bulk of each round. Like, it wasn't like, wasn't like a punch, ding, round four. Like, I'm like, no, like, okay. We get to see him go at it, two, three rounds. It, it's not looking good. Everyone, you know, then it gets their shots in. He barely survives. And it just, it keeps building and building. And I just thought that was a really well done, well done tactic instead of yes. just montaging it. Exactly. I also love how, like, when they announced the brothers would be fighting, I love how they just, they didn't, they didn't cut to a training montage. They just, yep, you're fighting. Boom. Mm-hmm. Because like any other movie would do that, like because you're you're building up Tom Hardy's character, you're building up Brendan, and like oh you find out their brothers are down here now, mm-hmm. and then like when they announced they were fighting, I thought they would be like okay train train train. Nope, they they instantly butt heads. Yeah, and I'm yeah. so happy that they did that. I would like to know who got the damn prize money. <laughs> I mean, because we we know that Brandon won. And I've, I hope my man's not homeless and living on the street. <laughs> and I also hope that Manny's wife, the spouse, got some money too. Mm. But we don't know if who's in prison. We don't know anything right now. There's right. So, there's so many questions. And I don't know if if, if we're going to be celebrating Father's Day with Nick Nolte or anything. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> I don't know if we're going to IHOP. It's just, yeah. It, 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 yeah, so like the ambiguous ending – is is another reason why like I'm gonna jump ahead a little bit here, but uh, Warrior was not nominated for uh, Best Picture at the Oscars that year, which uh, I I honestly do not understand why. But um, and and especially because you bring up the ambiguous ending, ambiguous endings are like the Academy's favorite shit. Like <laughs> like they they love that like. Oh, you left so many questions, so much air, and it's so realistic, you know, because we don't know. Like, like, so for me, I dug it. I dug that that there's not, it doesn't really resolve itself, at least not in the scope of the movie. And yeah, I was just shocked that uh, that didn't see more love. It's just ridiculous to me. But uh, Brandon, what about you? Um, if I, the way it ended. Or yeah, any other complaints? Um, at first, I will say the way it ended, but uh, you guys really opened my eyes. Like, oh yeah, okay, because I completely <laughs> forgot that he went a wall. I forgot, I forgot that he went through all these other that they went through all these other things. I'm like, okay, they had to fight. 
they're going to decompress. But they were hugging each other at the end, and they seemed together. So I like that aspect. But I, I thought the film was rushed at the end. But thanks to you guys, like I, that complaint is gone. Um, I can't think of anything else right now. Really? Mm-hmm. Like I, because I've only gotten to see it once. So. Right. Right. I, I definitely need to rewatch it. Yeah. Uh, for me, the only other complaint I have is in the beginning. I feel like uh, we we spend a little bit too much time building these characters, particularly the relationship between uh, Tommy and and his dad. I feel like we got we got that in like the first scene. We got it, you know, once once they decide to train together. But then it's like it, like it goes on a scene or so too long. But it sticks the landing when they're in in the casino, and he like throws the coins at him. Like, ooh, ooh, talk about a rough scene. Like, like between that one and then when he's drunk in the uh, hotel room, he breaks his uh, thousand thousand day sober. Two two of my favorite scenes. Like, really, and like that's why I think, like I said, the the fighting was secondary to the family drama. It's just it was really well done. But uh. I'm with Jeremy on the, on the end. Like as much as I like unambiguous endings, like there were some things that I'm like, oh man, I wish I did know how that ended. Like you know, does he go back into into his sobriety? Like you know, saying what does this family stay together? Are they, you know, saying do they go their separate ways? I don't know. I, I feel like there was there were some things that you could answer. And I was kind of mad that they didn't. But it's a two-hour and some long movie. And I feel like if we had gotten rid of some of that stuff earlier in the beginning, we could get some of those answers. Mm-hmm. I kind of feel like I wish they would have... I mean, I'm, I'm a military buff. I feel like I wish they could have went into his military a little bit more. Mm. And we saw, like, very minuscule bits and pieces, more or less, like, tracking him down. I would have loved to see the scene, like, where he just ripped the freaking tank or the door off the tank. That would have been right. sick. Yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of that, that scene when he's coming to the ring and you have the the guys, uh, military guys, uh, singing his entrance music or whatever. Yeah, the ring yeah. for him. That was fucking awesome. And that was <laughs> the only time he acknowledged anybody in that. Yeah. Movie. Unlike, he was like, yep, my brothers. Unlike that, that to me was just the coolest shit I've ever seen. Like, unlike. I don't know if it's ever actually happened in the UFC. I don't know how many Marines go into the UFC, but I'm sorry, that was just, that was cool. <laughs> that was just a cool ass bitch. It was really funny. Um, there's a scene in the, like, towards the middle, like, beginning of the movie is when um, Nick Nolte wakes Tom Hardy's character up. He starts walking away. He's like, you better be down to the kitchen by five or I throw the coffee out. I'm like, <laughs> I was just laughing at that part. I, I don't know why. I just thought it was funny. <laughs> I feel them though like you know if if all we're gonna do is train well alright fuck you know what I'm saying you pretty much like in that scene he's like alright fuck you too like <laughs> like, but yeah speaking of, of that like that was one thing that I thought was that definitely could have been explored more was their, his relationship with uh, their mother like why how it got so bad what happened there and why it tore their family apart. It's, it's like talked about, but it isn't really like, you know, we don't know exactly what it, what happens there. 
So I was kind of just like, I wish I wish we knew more of that. But apparently I get like, you know what I'm saying? They make it they make it sound bad. So I guess it was really bad. Get down. So uh final rating, what are you what are you giving it? Out of five, I'd say a four. Nice. Uh, I'm riding that four as well. I'm gonna say four too, definitely. Nice. Yeah, so four stars across the board. I mean, I, I thought it was absolutely fantastic. Uh, definitely 100% should have been a Best Picture nominee. I would argue could have won in my book. I just thought it was an absolutely fantastic no. movie. Uh, okay, so that's going to wrap us up with Warrior. So we're going to move on to What's Good, gentlemen. What's Good, What's Good, What's Good. All right, so what do we have to recommend this week? Jeremy, kick us off. All right, I'm going to bring out two names that probably have been forgotten about, but I just saw a movie with both of them in it, and it got me excited again for their careers. So the first name, Daniel Stern. Mm. Okay. If you don't know who that is, he was Marv in Home Alone. Right. He also played in Bushwhacked. Very funny guy. Um, very good actor. The other name I'm going to throw out there, Billy Crystal. Okay. You haven't seen too much of him. I mean, the last movie he did, I want to say, was that one with the baseball, uh, where he was a baseball announcer. Can't remember the name of it. Okay. But, um, I watched, uh, City Slickers last night. Get down. (laughs) (sighs) Anyway, I watched City Slickers last night, which is a movie I haven't seen in, in, couple years but it's a funny movie good movie and involves like three overworked people who like they're they hate their lives so to speak <laughs> so they decided to take a two-week little vacation as friends out, out to a ranch where they herd cattle and sleep outside and shit and uh they end up going on a gold treasure hunt um very funny movie um they have a second one uh, legend of curly's gold uh, if you've never seen it, watch them. Um, even if it's not your cup of tea, shut your mouth. Even if it's not your cup of tea, just watch it once because it's funny as hell. Like, Billy Crystal's comedy, I I immediately fell in love with again because, yeah, Billy Crystal's comedy is just awesome. Like, it's just family-oriented, and he doesn't get too heavy and crazy into it. That's hilarious. Uh, I've never seen City Slickers. Uh, I thought it was three. Is it? Is it just the two? There might be a third one. I know of the first two. If there's a third one, I have not seen the third one. Okay. I'll have to check that out. Uh, Brandon, what about you? I've never even heard of City Slickers, but um, (laughs) – Check it out. I'll have to. Um, So, my movie that I recommend – I actually just got to watch it with my family. Um, Peanut Butter Falcon. Oh, my God. What a film, bro. (laughs) Nice. Because I – I wanted to see it when it was in theaters and I never had the chance. Mm-hmm. And then I never, I didn't get the chance up until it went on Hulu. I'm like, all right, sweets on Hulu. So I watched it with the family. What a film. Like, yeah. I think I ranked it like number eight or nine of my, of my top 10 of last year. Wow. Really? It's, yeah. Yeah. Let me, <laughs> let me pull it up actually. <laughs> I think I have number it. six. 
What? Of 2019? Yep. Wow. I think, let me see. Hold on one second. I have Peanut Butter Falcon. It's definitely... I'll be honest with you all. I've never even heard of it. Yeah, it's uh, Shia LaBeouf. (laughs) Yeah, I have it at 43 out of 50. Oh, wow. Yeah, but I loved it. I, I like... I know it Is seems it called low. Peanut Butter Falcon. Yeah, it's called Peanut Butter Falcon because uh, he helps a well. Uh, what does he have? Aspergers or or um, spread Down syndrome. Yeah, he has he has Down syndrome. He helps a kid with Down syndrome uh, become a professional wrestler, and that's his name. Is the Peanut Butter Falcon? Uh, oh, it's, that's what's up. Oh, it's such a fun, great little good I'm movie. To, I'm gonna have to check it out. Yeah. As long as you watch City Slickers, I'll watch Peanut Butter Falcons. (laughs) Not bad. Not bad, Trey. All right. Wow. Um, So, yeah, let me see. My uh, suggestion this week is going to be a movie that uh, I (laughs) – you could say that I love, but I have like a bit of a up-and-down relationship with it. Uh, I've recently watched I actually just finished this yesterday. Uh, it is a movie called Climax. Uh, it's by a filmmaker named Gaspar Noe. Gaspar Noe. I'm sure he's French. Anyway, <laughs> it's, it's, okay, how can I describe this movie? You ever have a really, really bad nightmare and then you try to describe it to someone? And it's impossible. I have that and same it's, experience with Red yeah, Robin. Yeah, that's what this movie is. Like, it's literally a nightmare on film. That's what it is. And uh, it's really, really, like, the filmmaking of it is so good, but, like, the story of it is so infuriating. It will, like, it, it'll be, like, you'll be impressed and angry at the exact same time. Like, <laughs> that, that's what that movie is. But, Sounds uh, like something the French would do. Yeah, 100%. Uh, 100%. really frustrated and happy at the same time. Right. It's like if you want your movies in order and them making sense, uh, no. You know why? Because we're French. That's why. <laughs> like, and that's what that is. But I, I freaking loved it. It is, it, is a, it is definitely a mixed bag. It is not for everyone. So uh, see which, which part of the spectrum you land on. Climax coming from me, uh, City Slickers from Brandon, and the Peanut Butter Falcon from, I'm sorry, City yeah, Slickers from that. Jeremy, Peanut Butter Falcon from Brandon, Climax from me, and that's what's good from yeah, everybody. <laughs> and Phil Go. All right. So we got So we got to move on to some questions that we got. And uh, busy week this week. We got three questions uh, sent to us. So first question comes to us from, let me make sure I get the name right. Uh, 
first question comes to us from Matt at THC Fastest Man. Matt asks us, what is your top five favorite Al Pacino performances? Uh, I'll go first here since I got him pulled up right now. Uh, I looked up all of Al Pacino's performances. I'm actually really disgusted with myself of how many Al Pacino movies I have not seen. It's quite embarrassing. He's done a lot of stuff, dude. Yeah, but uh, for me, and I don't, I'm not putting this, these in order because I have no way of knowing uh, what the order would be. But for me, uh, it would be The Irishman, uh, Devil's Advocate, uh, Scent of a Woman, Righteous Kill, which I know a lot of people did not like, and Simone. Those are going to be my top five. Al Pacino films uh, in random order. Those are all the films that I've, those are actually all the Al Pacino films I've seen. So that's why they're in my top five. Brandon, what about you? I'm, I'm in the same boat as you that I, I, I'm slapping myself for not seeing as much as Al Pacino's film work as I would like to. Um, I still need to see Scarface. I still need to see The Godfather. Yeah. So, oh my God. Um, <laughs> the five Alpacino films I have seen: The Irishman, Once mm-hmm. Upon a Time in Hollywood, Jack and Jill, Dunkachino, <laughs> <laughs> um, Ocean's Thirteen, and um, the the few minutes I've seen of Godfather Part Two. Wow. <laughs> Jerry, what about you? <laughs> All right, for all my viewers out there, I'm gonna, I'm gonna set the record straight, Al Pacino. Um, yeah, because Scarface is absolutely my number one because that's what introduced me to Pacino, and I've seen Scarface like a hundred times. Love that movie. Same thing with The Godfather. Like, oh, that was just such a good movie, man. <laughs> the Godfather is just epic. You cannot, you you can't not watch it. Like. The, I don't know what's wrong with y'all. I'm sorry. But uh, <laughs> I'm going to do Any Given Sunday because he nice. played the shit out of that. Yeah. Um, I'm going to do Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. My dog agrees. <laughs> um, and I'm scrolling through his list here real quick just to see what all I've seen. Uh, heat. Yes. Heat. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I, for, I almost forgot about that one, Heat. So nice. those are mine. All right, uh, Matt, thank you so much for the question. Again, if you want to follow Matt, his handle is at THC, Fastest Man. Uh, thanks again, I highly Matt. Re- I highly recommend following him. He's actually one of my oldest mutuals on Twitter. Um, nice. known him since like 2014. Highly recommend following. All right. And... Our most persistent question asker is going to be Freddie, Freddie Robles. Freddie. Freddie at Fred, J-R-X-I-I-I, which is, stands for Fred Jr., the 13th. Show uh, that dude some love. Yeah, definitely. Freddie, Freddie's awesome. Freddie asks us, what film made you change the way you saw that genre of film? Uh, and he, he brings up Arrival. Arrival made him... See sci-fi. Rival was crazy. Differently, yes. uh, I'm I, I'm in the minority, Freddie. I absolutely hated Arrival. Uh, thought it was a thought it was a terrible film. But Freddie, uh, don't listen to him. Yeah, yeah. 
But uh, <laughs> Brandon, what what film for you made you uh, change the way you saw that genre of film? I actually have two films. For me, it's the first one's gonna have to be The Matrix. Um, mm. It's just it's a film that makes you basically think about everything between life, movies, and just like stuff in general. Mm-hmm. I'm like like just even the steak scene alone is like, man. I know this is the Matrix telling me the steak is good and juicy and delicious. Like, huh? Hold on a second. You're like, that could apply now. Yeah, that could apply right now. I'm like, what in the world? I know my body's telling me to breathe, but what if we're not here? Well, what is the Matrix telling me to do? That's great. And then, <laughs> yep. And then, uh, and then, the Dark Knight made me basically rethink comic book movies because that that came out in mm. two thousand eight. That was before the entire MCU and everything. It made me rethink because, like, I did a full like mature viewing in a theater uh, a few weeks ago, and I fully understood it this time. Like, oh my god, this film is amazing. Mm. Like, because you 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 just think good guy fights bad guy. No, this guy is having to deal with not only the mob, but the Joker. And the cops, so like he's like he's like that anti-hero, but he's having to play the hero. Mm. Good points. So, I, that's what really hypes me up to for comic book movies. So, all right, Jeremy, what about you? What movie made you uh, change the way two. you saw the genre? I got two. Sweet. <laughs> um, first one's gonna be Interstellar because nice. Interstellar I've seen a couple times, and I'll never forget the first time I saw it. I mean, yeah, it's a long movie. But the ending, Such a good like movie. the ending was so <laughs> and like it's it's applicable to now. I remember seeing the ending and looking at my watch, which wasn't digital at the time, and I'm watching the second sands, and I'm mm. like, what if someone's doing shit to do that right now? Right, right. <laughs> and I'm like, this shit's happening. I'm like, what if someone is pulling on my second hand strings? Oh man. And I mean, just that movie just takes you through just a wild ride as far as mentally. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that movie definitely changed my view. The ultimate one I would have to say though is Avatar mm. because when Avatar came out, I saw it in 3d first time I ever saw something like that in 3d. Mm-hmm. And I remember watching the whole movie. And the only thought that I can think of was like, we have come this far in the animation world Mm-hmm. that we can create a movie this damn beautiful and visually just crazy. And, yeah, I loved everything about that movie with the exception of Sigourney Weaver. No disrespect. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. We've had this. Ah, she does nothing for me. I'm sorry. Good actress. I, <laughs> look, I got no beef with her, but it's just she's not my favorite. Oh, wow. Um, but, yeah, Avatar was epic. Everything about that movie was epic. Yeah, as someone who just saw Avatar this year, uh, (laughs) I concur. That movie's freaking awesome. Like, you just, if you think about animation back then and now, like, with 3D modeling back then, and you bring this movie out, you're just like, holy shit, we just hit the new era right now. Right. Like, this is crazy. (laughs) Uh, Okay, I I was uh, not expecting us all to have two, but I also have two. Uh, <laughs> uh, my first is actually going to be Moonlight, uh, Barry Jenkins film, uh, Best Picture winner. Uh, Moonlight, the reason that Moonlight changed uh, my view on dr- dramatic films, because I was uh, not a big drama buff 
at all. Like, I like give me comedy, give me action, give me, you know, comic book movies, anything. But I was like, I was not big on dramas. And I saw Moonlight and I picked the sheer fact that I picked Moonlight as the best picture winner without having seen it or any of the other films nominated for best picture. And it was the first movie that really turned me on to uh, the Oscars in, in general. Uh, I think, yeah, so Moonlight would have to be that one for drama movies. That's the one that did it for me. Uh, and the other one is going to be Chicago. Uh, that movie changed the way I looked at musicals because I just think of all the musicals that I've seen now, it's still probably one of the best ones I've ever seen done. Just the way it translates uh, from stage to screen effortlessly, I think it's seriously just one of the best one of the best musicals I've ever seen. So that's that's gonna be my answer. Uh, thanks once again to Freddie. We appreciate the question again. If you want to find Freddie, he's at Fred Junior. Light him up. I I I on Twitter. And our last question comes from another podcast called I Heard You Like This, uh, <laughs> which I think is a great name I for a podcast. Uh, you can find them at I Heard You Liked on Twitter. Uh, they asked us, uh, what does Tenet's gross look like after its theatrical run? And that is a good, good, good question because we've all been biting our tongues, you know, just twiddling our thumbs waiting for Tenet to come out. Personally, I think Tenet's going to do very well in theaters with the pandemic and all. Yeah, fingers crossed, definitely. But uh, they're wondering what we're what we're thinking the total gross will be once it's finally done uh, in theaters. Brandon, what do you think? I'm hoping good. Um, <laughs> I can't give a money standpoint because I don't know how money works. <laughs> But honestly, like, I'm just hoping it's good. I'm hoping I'm hoping it, t- it turns out great. The trailers look amazing. Um, I'm pretty sure the film is going to be amazing. Everything's shot not on green screen. So if people don't go out and see this, it's going to be another like it's going to be another solo of a Star Wars story. I'm I'm like I'm going to be depressed because it's it's going to be a movie worth worthy of a at least 1 billion dollar box office and it's unfortunately I don't with everything going on I don't think it's going to make it. Oh, dang. That sucks. It's Jeremy, unfortunate a, but yeah. Jeremy, what I about see, you? I see Brennan's point of view. Mm-hmm. Um personally, I don't know too much about it. I have to do some more research. But yeah, I don't. I honestly don't know much enough to give a response. Tenet is directed by Christopher Nolan, who did. I know. I know it's one yeah. of Nolan's yeah. films and projects. I just haven't like yeah. searched into it yet. Okay. Well, see, now that brings an interesting dynamic because yeah, if you know what I'm saying, if you haven't seen it, uh, it's hard to get excited for. But yeah, and there, there's probably going to be a lot of people like that. So. Uh, for me, I think it'll do well, but I don't see it cracking past 700 million. I think, I think yeah, 700. You can't even make it to the end? Yeah, no, 700 million is where it's going to top out by the end of it. Uh, I agree, Brandon, it should be a billion dollar franchise, but 
considering everything going on, I just Do don't we know how much they spent on the film? It's at least a $200 million film, I believe. So they need to crack at least $800 million to break even, but I don't think they're going to break even, so... I'm I'm going with a right. seven hundred million. I'm gonna bet eight hundred million just to make sure they break even. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> so there you have it. I got seven hundred. I don't think the film's gonna break even. I'm gonna Jeremy's eight. got eight hundred. Brandon wants a billion. <laughs> we'll see if we if if it gets there. But uh thanks so much to the I Heard You Like This podcast for the question. Uh follow them at I Heard You Liked on Twitter. And that's all the questions we got this week. Thanks, guys, so much. Uh, We appreciate it. And keep them coming for next week. And so with that down, we're going to move on to our discussion this week. And let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. The sparkling drinks are just dandy, the chocolate bars and the candy. So let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. And uh, we are discussing this week an actress's filmography. We've done a director's filmography. We've done an actor's filmography. So we decided this week we're going to look at a specific actress and their films and the performances we loved from them. And the person that we settled on was Miss Scarlett Johansson, an actress who has right now, at least according to Letterboxd, 63 films to her name. Uh, That's a ridiculous amount of movies. But... uh, and a lot of them are really, really good. So uh, let's kick it off, Jeremy. You you specifically wanted Scarlet. So tell me what films. Yes, I did. What films stand out to you? What we'll kick off with the question that I asked. What are your favorite performances? Uh, um, well, maybe Scar- Scarlett Johansson is not only beautiful, but she is a very versatile, dynamic actress. Um, she can play all kinds of roles. I was I remember Iron Man too. Uh, where she just, I was like pretty much introduced to the Black Widow on that one, and I'm just like, damn, she's got this. <laughs> she pulled that shit off. Um, Lucy, she played the shit out of Lucy, and Lucy's one of my favorites with her in it, with Morgan Freeman. Um, if you've never seen it, check it out. It's pretty much, you know, people use 10% of their brains, she unlocks 100%. Yeah. And just yeah. goes nuts. <laughs> um, Another movie that kind of has flown under the radar, but it has a lot of good actor and actresses, is her with Scarlett yes. Johansson, Amy Adams, and Joaquin Phoenix. Her was a very good movie, even though it was just Scarlett Johansson's voice mm-hmm. and you know pretty much Joaquin Phoenix in a computer. Um, it was still a great performance, good movie. Um, she has done a lot for herself, and I expect a lot of good things coming her way as far as her future. Yeah. Um, looking at this, man, I was looking at this lineup and I'm like, she's got to be one of the few actresses who's been in so many films and so many films that I like. Like, that's that's crazy to me. Like, you have obviously the, the MCU stuff. Uh, that That's like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine 
nine films right now that are MCU, all of which are good. She's not in. Is that, is that counting Black Widow? Uh, no, that's so that makes ten. Yeah, so like none of which are bad. So she's in ten MCU movies, all of which are are really good. And then you throw in, you know, you got movies like, like you mentioned, Lucy. Um, two of my favorites independent films that I love: Vicky Cristina Barcelona and Matchpoint, both done by Woody Allen, who I know is eh, toxic, really, in the film world. But two, those two movies are fantastic in my eyes. I, I love those two movies. She was also in. Uh, Girl with the Pearl Earring, and I know a lot of people, that's one of her younger films, uh, when she was a lot younger. She's great in that, but like, yeah, man, like, look at this lineup. Lost in Translation, uh, The Prestige, Under the Skin, Jojo Rabbit, Marriage Story, you know what I'm saying? Like, the, the she's been in a lot of fantastic movies that I really enjoy. Uh, Brandon, what about you? What are some of your favorite performances? Um, my top favorite performance is actually Marriage Story from her. Um, between her and Adam Driver, are they're fantastic performances in that film, but um, we're here to talk about Scarlett Johansson. Um, Scarlett Johansson, just, she's just fantastic in that film. Uh, Jojo Rabbit's an underrated gem. So is Lucy. Um, the, the MCU, of course. But yeah, those those five, just fantastic. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking at this lineup, dude. I'm like, I can't really, like, it's ridiculous how many movies she's been in. Uh, we bought a zoo. I had no idea she was in. We bought a zoo. <laughs> oh, yeah, she was the, the the keeper, the one animal person. Wow. Okay. She was also in Home Alone three as Molly Pruitt. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And she, I mean, look, she was only born in 1984, so she's a year older than me. So she's 35. She's still young, and she's still gonna have like I I believe she's gonna have a hell of a career. I mean, dude, she's already got a hell of a career. Yeah, like, for, I, according to IMDb, for her being this age, for her being 35, she's done 67 films, and that's not including the directing and the soundtrack work that she's done and all the other stuff she's done. I mean, she's 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 not playing around with you guys. She's free <laughs> by storm, in my opinion, as far as her roles. Yeah, I think, yeah, she's... she's. Because in my opinion, there's not much that she can't play, and she's proven that. And I, I yeah, that's a good point because when you look at just like, like okay, Jojo Rabbit. Jojo Rabbit surprised me so much. She was my favorite part of that movie uh, because she was funny and she was gritty. Like that scene where she plays both the mom and the dad. I thought I was like I was like wow like i was just like impressed with her acting there just the because how do you not break character i'm sure she broke character at least once or twice in filming because it's just so funny but it's so actually like a real you know moment that i was just like that's that's tremendously talented acting right there where you can you're playing two people of different genders in the same moment and you're trying to teach a lesson i just thought yeah that that, that was just really good uh, and we haven't even talked about her voiceover work. Like, yeah, her is probably her most, you know, notable one, but she also did Isle of Dogs and uh, Sing. She was in Sing, and she can sing. Like, <laughs> that, that completely blew me away. Like, 
yeah, Scarlett Johansson can sing, y'all. Like, <laughs> and uh, she's rumored to be playing Audrey in the upcoming movie Little Shop of Horrors. There's a reboot coming. Yes, yeah, it's pre-production awesome. right now. Yeah, that's wow. That's amazing. Like, I think I think she'd be a good Audrey, to be honest. Oh, of course. A little Shop of Horrors is, I think that was one of the very first musicals I think I've ever seen. And I was like, this is great. It's weird. It's 100% weird. And weird is great in my book. But Watch like, it now and look at Steve Martin, how young he looks. Back right, there. right. I'm <laughs> like, but yeah, a remake of that, I'm I'm so very interested in. I, I didn't even think I would be, but that's, that's really great. Um, but yeah, so... Now I want to ask, because uh, we didn't even mention uh, Lost in Translation, which I like a lot of people on our Twitter, when I asked this question, that was their biggest, that was their favorite choice is Lost in Translation, which uh, on this show hasn't gotten a lot of love, I got to say. <laughs> uh, but uh, I think it was a fantastic movie, uh, but it's not my favorite. I think, uh, yeah, I'm torn between Vicky Cristina Barcelona and probably her and marriage story those are those are top tier for me um but what do you think is the best movie that she's done overall like overall best movie marriage story damn <laughs> that was quick jeremy what about <laughs> it's just the argument scene that's what really cements it it's that one argument scene when they're in the apartment and they're just screaming at each other <laughs> that's a, yeah like that scene too saw a lot of uh, people kept posting it out of context, and it was like you're not you you, you got to see the movie for that scene to work, like and it's it works so well because it's it's what like in the last 20, 30 minutes of the movie, and like the entire time they they avoid fighting for so long that when they do fight, it's like such a huge blow up and it, it goes left and right and you don't know who to side with is it's such a really good movie. I love marriage story. Jeremy, what about you? What's, what's the best movie that she's been in for you? I'm going to have to say Lucy right back from, from beginning to end. She just took that movie as her own and just kicked ass that entire movie. Um, yeah, Lucy was awesome. I but, have I mean, yet to see Lucy, but you I, gotta yeah. check out Lucy, bro. I'm telling you what, <laughs> Morgan Freeman's in that. He's a good actor, of course. And Naturally. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, she starts unlocking like ten percent at a time of her brain, and like <laughs> each time, it's just, dude, it's nuts. That's yeah, that sounds sweet. I gotta check that out. There's <laughs> there's a bunch of other movies that I, I we failed to mention. Uh, Under the Skin which I have not seen, but I know is, I is very popular. Uh, I did not know she was in the live action Jungle Book. Uh, yeah, like I said, fantastic. Uh, Ghost in the Shell, I think is her one controversial movie because uh, anyone who saw the show or read the manga, like uh, it, it's definitely supposed to be an Asian uh, character. And her playing that was a bit weird. Uh, I have not seen the movie, uh, but I, I don't believe it's well received. Let me check here. Uh, no, it's got a two seven on Letterbox. <laughs> it's not a not exactly uh, a high point in her career, but I have to check that out. Uh, 
Don John is a movie that I really enjoyed, but uh, I would not consider it her best. Uh, I think she's someone who's done a lot, especially when she was younger, had a lot of very uh, sexualized roles. And Don John is definitely one of those, but like, it's not really about hers, more so about Joseph, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character and how she's sort of uh, one of those, one of the reasons that he changes. But uh, I, I really enjoy that movie. It talks about porn addiction and things like that. Uh, another underrated favorite of mine is gonna be Ghost World. Uh, <laughs> Ghost World uh, also stars Thor Birch, who I, whom I think is incredible. Also stars Steve Buscemi, uh, who's a fantastic actor. Uh, it's, it's a really low budget, underrated comedy movie. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's like it's like a, I guess you would call it like a gothier version of uh, Booksmart. But <laughs> uh, that was that's a favorite of mine. Um, yeah. So we should, I don't think we can leave this conversation without talking about the MCU and uh, her role. I was trying that. to avoid it until we <laughs> Yeah, but uh, yeah, 10 movies of her career are in the MCU. And I mean, I don't know what the Marvel check is like. I'm sure it's fantastic, but she's probably one of the few actresses I don't think really needed it. Like, like you know what I'm saying? Like, I think, take it's it or leave margarita it. margarita money for her. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? It's, this, is, this is just icing on the cake, pretty much, because, you know, she's had a very storied career so already without the MCU. But I do think something about working in the MCU, people just be like, I don't know why they think you're not a strong actress, even though like half the people in the MCU are Academy Award winning actors. But uh, <laughs> yeah, but uh, MCU, as far as that's concerned, what do you think is the best work so far? Um, I'd have to say Endgame. Mm. She really brought out all the emotions in Endgame. Um, it's hard to explain, but I, like I use the term they showed up to work <laughs> that that's a film she showed up to work in, especially in the scene when she's having that board meeting in, in front of um, Rocket, Nebula, Rhodey, Captain Marvel, and um, um, Okoye. Okoye, yes, thank you. Um, and they're having the board meeting, and then she, and then she, it cuts down to she, she's talking about Barden with uh, with Rhodey. I'm like, and she starts crying and stuff. I'm like, oh man. Yeah, she like she showed up to work that film. Endgame is my favorite MCU film that Scarlett Johansson's in. So yeah, Jeremy, yeah. what about and, you? Wait, what's oh, go ahead, go ahead. I'll, I'll, I got something to say after. Jeremy, what about you? I agree with Brandon. Endgame was also very good, but I like seeing her in the Iron Man films because mm. like she just whooped ass, and the dynamic between Downey Jr. and her was just funny as hell, um, especially in the beginning. It's funny how like that relationship has changed throughout the movies. It is, <laughs> like, yeah. Definitely. It's interesting to see that that change. <laughs> but I just remember like in the beginning, like when she was like the assistant, right. and uh, 
Iron Man's like little secretary was like, that's going to be an expensive sexual harassment lawsuit. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, yes. <laughs> and then she whoops that ass in the ring, and I'm like, yep, that's yeah. her. <laughs> like, I'm with her. It's so funny, that scene, they're like, oh my god, Happy, are you okay? <laughs> yeah, and the whole time, Happy's like, he's like, oh, you box? What do you do? A little booty boot camp, a little time over? Like, She's about to whoop you. <laughs> he said a little booty boot camp. <laughs> yes, dude. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, you know what? I thought I had... I thought I had this, but you know what? Y'all y'all have brought up some really interesting points. Uh, I don't know. I think for me, yeah, uh, it might be Age of Ultron. I actually think okay. that's that's probably the one I think she does the, does the best in. Oh, no. Mm, mm. Mm, yeah, 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 yeah. Age of Ultron, uh, because I feel like it's the perfect uh, middle ground between where her character started and where it eventually ends up. And uh, yeah, and she gets that balance of, you know, being torn between who she was and who she wants to be. Uh, I think that dynamic is explored first in Age of Ultron definitely extended through civil war and i think we'll see more of that in, in black widow so yeah i don't know man i like I, I don't know i think there's not a like i said she doesn't have a bad movie at least not a bad mcu movie uh to her credit like other people do <laughs> she managed to be in all of the good mcu movies i think that's a smart strategy <laughs> all right brandon what did you want to say I was going to say, um, I lost my trade. Okay. Yes, I got it. Yes, I got it. Um, um, you know, you've made it and you know, you have a successful career later on when you're in the highest grossing film of all time. Yeah. Like, especially Zoe Saldana. She's in two. (laughs) That's, that's great. Yeah. Like imagine that that's, you landed two, of the highest grossing films of all time. Like, why work ever again? Like, exactly. <laughs> like, like, you know. I'd be on the beach somewhere, chilling. Right. You know, I've, I've done it. I don't know. Maybe if it, if someone breaks it or if there's an opportunity to break it myself, I'll show up. But that's it. Uh, so, uh, any last thoughts on Scarlett Johansson's career? Where are we looking where where is Black Widow on your most anticipated list for 2020? Let me look at the note I made. Well, <laughs> well no, that no, actually that was an honorable mention. I have no clue. Yeah, because like just cause she's I never really made a list. What? I was just saying, just because she's in it, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's gonna be fantastic. Uh, I'm really looking forward to the Little Shop of Horrors remake as well. That that looks like that's going to be really good. I'm really interested to see that. Uh, they're apparently doing a sequel to Sing as well, which I'm gonna I'm definitely gonna check out. Uh, I think it's impressive that she has so many movies lined up and so many good ones too. Like I mean, like what was it? 2019 she did. 
Jojo Rabbit, Marriage Story, and Endgame in one year. And this year, she's going to have Black Widow, Little Shop of Horrors, and Sing 2 at least either this year or by 2021. Uh, let's see. I want to bring up some facts here. Uh, so she made her debut film in the movie North. That was in 1994. Uh, she she was nominated for an Independent Spirit Award in her movie Manny and Low in 96. Uh, she did adult roles in 20, 2003, starring with starting with The Girl with the Pearl Earring and Lost in Translation. Lost in Translation is the first award she won a BAFTA for. And she also, nope, oh, she got a bunch of nominations <laughs> for uh, Bobby, a love song for Bobby Long and Match Point in 2005. Uh, she has been in the MCU since 2010. And yeah. And yeah, she has two albums. So I did not know this. She has two actual music albums, Anywhere I Lay My Head and Break Up. She has been nominated for two Academy Awards. So 2020 was, or 2019 was actually the first time she was nominated for an Academy Award. And she was nominated for two in one year. So uh, yeah, there's a few facts about Scarlett Johansson. And uh, she was our actress, died jest i guess you could say this that's gonna do it for us we gotta move on to film code and it was my code word this week and the code word was king. Your clues were uh, legends. There were several legends in the movie. Uh, I fixed the year, so it was 1978 to 1988. And what was our last clue? If you have it, let me know. <laughs> uh, all black cast. All black cast. Thank you. All right. So let's uh, feel like. Brandon knows it, so we're gonna. I think start, I've got this. We're gonna start with Jeremy. Jeremy, what do you have for the code word? The Black King. Is that an actual movie? <laughs> <laughs> it could be. <laughs> like I don't. Yeah. I don't Hold know. up, I want to go last because damn it, I had the film. I just gotta look it up again. <laughs> All right, Brandon, kick us off. What is your Eddie, Mur Eddie Murphy's coming to America. Oh, okay. Ooh, what made you I think that was the one. Hold up, man. Oh, man. <laughs> what made you pick that one? Because Eddie Murphy is a king in that movie, and he's also a legend actor, and there's a few act legends in that movie. So, coming to America. All right. And it's an all-black cast. That is true. And it came out in 1988. <laughs> <laughs> because as soon as, as soon as you change the year, I'm like, okay, I got yeah. this. Yeah, because yeah. I think... I have to agree with Brandon because when you had the the first year time frame, mm -hmm. I was looking at movies and I did see coming to America and I'm like, that's the only thing that makes sense. Mm. And then when you updated it and was like, Oh yeah, we're going to 1988. I'm like, you mother. And I didn't think <laughs> about it at all until just now. Cause I yeah. forgot the whole code word thing. But 
yeah, I'm going with Brandon on that one. That's got to be coming to America because Arsenio Hall's in there, Eddie Murphy. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have um, God James Earl Jones. Yeah. Oh, oh are you right? I am so <laughs> disappointed in you guys. Uh... <laughs> no, that's no, we got the point. Just say we got it. this. No, don't, just tell us we got this. I want to hear that mouth of yours say it. Oh, I'm so sorry, guys. <laughs> There's no way. There's no way. No way. Because my first, my first option was life, but that was nowhere near that time frame. Right. Right. But. This has to be it. It was so very close. I got to tell you. It was so very close. But the movie was actually in the year 1978. Why did you change the years? <laughs> I changed it. It was, I originally had it 75 to 86. And then I moved it to 78 to 88. And the movie was in 1978. The king I was referring to is the king of pop, Michael Jackson. Yes. And the legend Jackson's not black. Yes, he is. <laughs> and the legends that I was referring to are Diana Ross, Nipsey Russell, uh Dude, Teresa Merritt, so Lena Horn, Richard I'm Pryor. Hang, I'm, I'm hanging Mabel up King, goodbye. Thelma Carpenter, Quincy Jones. I am of course referring to the Wiz. That was your cold word movie this week. All black cast legends, dude. You were not allowed to pick nothing ever. Again. King of pop. Good guesses though, guys. Really good guesses. I'm glad I changed. When you changed the date, bro, that was coming to America. You can't just stop. I'm so glad you guys. As soon as you change the date, I'm it. like, that's when coming to America. I, I changed the date because I wanted to throw you guys off, and I knew exactly you would pick that, and I'm so glad I did. Uh, <laughs> but yes, the movie was The Wiz. I encourage you guys to check it out. A fantastic movie. Did either of you watch Coming to America? Or yeah, I've seen Coming to America many times. Yeah, <laughs> you watched it. I, I wouldn't have picked. I wouldn't have picked that film if I didn't know it. All right. Did you? <laughs> what did you think of it, dude? I fucking loved it. It was funny. <laughs> Coming to America is a freaking classic. We got the Big Mac. We got the Big Big Mac. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love that movie. Royal Penis is clean, your highness. Exactly, right? That that movie's worth it alone just for that scene. Uh, Okie doke. So no one gets to play this week because I I swerved you guys, and I'm so glad I did. It was fun. (laughs) You're like that dude in the van who promises candy, but there's no candy. (laughs) There's no fucking candy. It's it's just heartbreak. That's so mean. <laughs> oh my god. All right, so we got we got to get out of here, Jeremy. Let everybody know where they can find you, man. Oh, I'm Jeremy Zink. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and I'm on Twitch at Zippy420 Nikon. Nice. Thank you all for tuning in, and my dog says hello too. <laughs> Brandon, where can everybody find you, man? You guys can find me at F-A-N-T-A-S-M-I-C Ears on Twitter. It's Fantasmic Ears. I tweet about cinema. I tweet about some YouTube stuff. I tweet about Disney stuff. So, yeah, go and check me out or don't. <laughs> All right. And I'm Phoenix Cloudin. You can find me on Letterboxd at P.A. Cloudin 
or on Twitter at IMHOReviews1. That's the number one. And follow the show at Film Code Pod. We will see you guys next week. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks again to everybody who sent in questions. Thanks so much to Brandon and Jeremy for joining us on this episode. And they're incredibly great, even though we're on guesses. We will see you guys next week. It's been Film Code, guys. We're out of here. Peace. Bye, everyone.